You're listening to Finn Too Deep. Tua back to throw. Blitz coming. They get to him. No, he takes off running. And he's he in. It. Touchdown Miami. With the sixth pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Jalen Waddle. Giving you unfiltered, informed, and controversial takes on the Miami Dolphins and the NFL Draft. Here's Reason and Neil. Welcome, everyone, as we dive back in, Finn Too Deep. As always, I'm your host, Reason. I'm joined by my other host, Neil Driscoll. You can follow both of us on Twitter. You can follow myself at the underscore real underscore reason. You can follow Neil Driscoll at Neil Driscoll. Neil, um, yet another loss by the Dolphins, yet another performance by Tua Tungvaloa, where the two interceptions give fuel to his haters, yet... If you actually do the math, those two passes were statistically 5% of his passes. Yet the 95% of his game, the rest of his game, gives fuel to those that believe in Tua that he can become a legitimate franchise quarterback. So again, a juxtaposition and a juxtaposing performance by Tua Tungvaloa. The Dolphins fall short. The play, uh, Some owner meetings are happening as we speak. The Watson rumors once again ramping up, but slightly not hearing anything we didn't know. Hearing basically that they are, um, you know, compensation has been that it's not the issue. It is the legal issues that are holding anything up, which tells me Stephen Ross, according to what Peter King said and what I've heard since the summer, is reluctant to sign off on this trade. Um, you know, just it's another tumultuous week as a Dolphin fan. Um, we thought it might be sunshine, you know, you know, the sun beaming down on and radiating on our faces after two wins against the Jags and Atlanta. But instead, you know, the whole world is turning into the dark side of Twitter. Um, what, 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 where are you at Neil as a Dolphin fan? Um, who I know is very frustrated with how this season has begun. Yeah, I mean, I'm in the pits, man, in terms of what the Dolphins are doing. Uh, obviously, the season's over. Um, our record doesn't really matter. We don't have our pick. Uh, so, you know, cheer against the 49ers to see as high as that can get. But, you know, I, I think what the rest of this season is, and hopefully we get to do it, is really an evaluation of Tua, right? You know, we all know the rumors that are out there. Let's see what happens. But, you know, Tua's coming back. He's got cracked ribs, uh, fractured ribs even, and – He's elevated the offense. There's no doubt about it, right? Like, and he's doing it with far less talent than Jacoby Brissett had at his disposal, and that's no mystery, no surprise. Tua is a way better football player than Jacoby Brissett. Tua's playing really, uh, you know, he's playing really, really good football at moments, and just throughout the course of a game, he's making, you know, inexperienced mistakes, and they'll go away with time, and they'll get better, and he's flashing the potential that we've all wanted to see in the franchise quarterback. You know, at the end of the day, there's too many flaws in the coaching staff and on the defense, on the offensive line, that wins aren't just going to translate this year. This team's a five-win team at max. You know, I, I think we just need to accept that. You know, a couple games with the Jets, Houston, they're just not a really good football team. So, you know, Tua, you know, like 
the offensive line has been better. It was their best game this week, but the week before they did give up 20 pressures, right? So, uh, you know, it, there's just no reliability on this team. I mean, you know, you have Jalen Waddle out there, Mike Gusecki, but where's Devontae Parker? Heard again. Where's Will Fuller? Heard again. Where's Hunter Long, your third-round tight end? Inactive. You know, you start the game with Malcolm Brown as your starting running back. You know, I, I hate to wish injury on somebody, but like him getting injured and now Miles Gaskin being the feature back is one of the best things that's happened to the Dolphins this year, right? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, you have Durham Smythe, you know, running weird routes and Tua forcing a ball to two players. It, you know, it's tough. I, I feel that Tua, though, is trying to shoulder. And, and last year we all gave him shit for not being aggressive. I like to see the aggressive side of him a little bit, right? Like, I like to see some of this ball slinging mentality. The biggest measurement stick that I have for Tua right now is what he does after that interception. Because that, what he has done, is elite, right? I don't have the stats in front of me. The numbers that I read were staggering when I saw how efficient he was responding to an interception. You know, I, like... We all know the noise around the Justin Herbert situation. Joe Burrow goes into Baltimore and destroys the Baltimore Ravens, right? But they are all in ideal situations compared to Tua. It is hard to get a fair evaluation on them because of everything. But, you know, two tough losses in a row, down to the wire, last-second field goals against some crappy football teams. It sucks because, you know, we all want wins in the win column. But we kind of got a win in the win column because – our, our, our quarterback that a lot of us are pulling for is starting to show what we've wanted to see. Now we need to see a little bit more, right? We have Buffalo, our rival, who smacked the shit out of us last year. And I know there's a lot of circumstances. There would be nothing better than Halloween for the treat to be that Tua Tungvaloa goes out there, win or lose the game. I don't care about the winner to lose the game. Buffalo is going to beat us. They're a better football team and they're better coached. But if he goes up there and holds his own and he outplays Josh Allen, let's say, right? Then you're sitting there right before the deadline with 48 hours and all that noise could go away for the rest of the year. And then we might have a full season to evaluate Tua, which he deserves, right? Um, but yeah, man, I, I think I feel like you, right? Like it sucks to keep losing every week when you had playoffs on the mind. The reality is set in that that is not happening this year. Yeah. Not even close, the complete opposite. So you got to look for the positives because like, I, I just I, I, I got to say – I got to say this, Neil, like I've said this before, you know, like you saw what Josh Allen turned into in year three when they got Stefan Diggs. And there is a receiver on the market this offseason that could make that kind of difference in any quarterback's life by the name of Devontae Adams. But, you know, you see what Stefan Diggs turned into year three. And I've said consistently, I've said consistently, Dolphin fans would not be patient enough to see what josh allen turned into by year three they'd want him gone by year two especially by the end of year two with how josh allen was in his first two years and you look at Tua Tungvaloa over his first um 14 games now 13 of those 14 were starts 12 of those he actually played the majority of the game because that 13th start one of those starts was only about what seven or eight or nine snaps against buffalo until he's taken out right so you know, he has a passer rating of 89.4, 2,649 yards, 18 touchdowns, nine interceptions. You know, we're not even including what he's done as a rusher. But as a passer over his first 14 games, um, Josh Allen had less yardage at 2,581 yards, 
12 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. And he had a passer rating again of 70.8. I mean, you look at him right now, um, according to Sports Info Solutions, Tua was on target for 97.5% of his passes against Atlanta. You know, you are seeing that elite accuracy show up. He had some big boy throws. Um, towards the sideline you look at what he's been over the last two weeks six touchdowns to three picks 620 yards which is the third best out of all quarterbacks over the last two weeks a 74.7 completion percentage which is third best amongst all quarterbacks over the last two weeks two go-ahead fourth quarter touchdown drives um, but the defense hasn't been able to get it done when the ball's been put back in their hand. And if you go by PFF, he's actually had the fourth best PFF quarterback grade out of all qualified quarterbacks over the last two weeks. I mean, I get it. You know, Atlanta's not very good right now. Jacksonville's not really good right now, but everyone wanted to see 300 plus yards and a bunch of touchdowns. And he went out and did that. Now, did he have bonehead mistakes? 110%. Did those mistakes contribute to us losing? 110%. I will not disagree. I also did a block field goal because if Sanders hits that field goal, we win. But at the end of the day, here's what he did. With all the time he had left after he threw those two horrible picks, all the time after swinging momentum totally back in Atlanta's favor, He got the ball back. He led two touchdown drives in the fourth quarter that gave the lead back. And he put the ball back in Brian Flores in that defense's hand. He said, hey, Brian, this is your specialty. Well, here's your one-point lead. I've given you a lead two weeks in a row. You know, all you got to do is stop him from a field goal. And what happens? Again, another game-winning field goal drive against this defense. And, yes, the defense made turnovers. Yes, the defense had stops earlier on. But, I mean, hey, the offense scored earlier on, but no one's given them a pass for that with the, you know, two interceptions. So, you know, it isn't, you know, if this league is a, it's not what have you done for me in the past, it's what have you done for me lately. And in game, we're going to treat it like that with the offense. Well, let's treat the defense like that as well, too, because, you know, Brian Flores, the whole mantra and fundamental foundation of this team is defense and discipline. And I can name a few drives where either Austin Jackson killed the drive with a bad penalty or to a tongue Valoa, people wouldn't seem to forget one of those touchdown drives in the fourth quarter that started out he had to overcome two offensive penalties that led them from like the 35 all the way back to midfield. He had to overcome those penalties to get them into the end zone to start the whole drive. The first two plays were penalties. So this defense and discipline ain't showing up either. And you know what? Quite frankly, here it is. This is a kid who's played 13 games. He's making mistakes. That's going to happen. And instead of us being able to enjoy what was arguably the best game of his career outside of those two bad interceptions, this Watson stuff is hanging over this team and looming over this team and creating a narrative and a bad vibe. I mean, you're seeing reports from lack and foreign stuff. Teammates are actually starting to stick up for Tua and how he's being handled by this team internally. So this is not a good situation that's being created. I mean, yes, we lost, but in the same sense, we are actually seeing tangible growth and development from our quarterback in an environment where Austin Jackson 
isn't progressing. Solomon Kinley has progressed from starting left guard to now right, 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 right bench on this team. So that's clearly a regression. Um, you know, Robert Hunt is going through his lumps because Jesse Davis is a disaster. Oh. I don't know whether he's regressed because of injury or whatever. Um, you know, you see, you look at, um, you know, Albert Wilson has regressed from what he was and what I believed he was going to be from before the training camp happened. And then he had the training camp explosion. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be right. It's got to be huge. He's regressed from that. Everything is regressing around Tua Tungvaloa. And yet he is like the rose blossoming from the concrete right now. Everything, you know, they sold us that. People aren't talking about this enough. They sold us that when they signed Fuller and they drafted Waddle, that, that first presser media availability Flores had after day one of the draft that Waddle and Fuller, those additions were going to leave everyone from being able to stack the box against us. And we were going to challenge the top of defenses. We've done none of that. And we're not even running the football. We did finally this week and we blew it up. So kudos to them realizing that, Oh my God, you can run the football in this league. And you know, you know, Brian Flores is out here lying, and I, I, I asked you this. I'm gonna ask you again, live for the people. You really think Stephen Ross came away saying, after watching him and all of his buddies celebrate? Because you know how it was after the second interception, Ross felt probably felt embarrassed that he was well, around all those people in that box that that was his quarterback. By the time Tua got him the one-point lead, everyone was standing up. We all saw the round of applause everyone was giving. Marino was standing up. Ross was probably was was grinning from year to year, and he's probably telling everyone, that's my young quarterback in that box. And then he saw Brian Flores, the coach that sold him this offense that was going to challenge the top of defenses and be so speedy and utilize speed so well that they weren't going to be able to stack boxes against us and send these extra rushers, which they've been able to do, yet they're beating us with three- and four-man rushes anyways, our defenses. But all this stuff that he sold, and now it's back into his hands. Now it's Tua saying, hey, Brian, game's back in your hands. Defense is your specialty. Go get it done. And Stephen Ross, once again, he made the trip to London. Now he's back in the Rock. And he's watching your defense, Brian Flores, allow the winning points to go on the board. I think he's coming away blaming Brian Flores and everything falling apart in terms of resources, how they've been allocated, how they've been developed and improperly grown because of inexperienced coaching staff and a young coaching staff surrounding by them. Because here's the thing. The bad selections just haven't been in the draft. They've been in the coaching staff as well because we've got a linebacker coach that said, yeah, Brian, this linebacking corpse is good enough for us to stop the run with. We've oh. got an offensive line coach that doesn't have the balls to stand up to Flores and say, hey, Austin Jackson needs to hit the bench. He's been suggesting, first he's suggested Austin stay at left tackle for five weeks. Now since he's been at, at left guard, this guy should be benched. He's terrible at left guard too. And I'm not saying cut him. You want to continue growing and developing him in oh, the offseason? Cool. But, hey, right now, he's not getting it done. And Brian Flores is lying to all of us when he says that they're going to start the best five offensive linemen because I'd rather see what Robert Jones has at guard at this stage. So, And then you got um, Grizzard, the uh, wide receiver coach. He's allowing Waddle to be utilized the way he's been utilized and not challenging the top of defenses. 
he was allowing while Tua wasn't around for this guy just to be on hitch curls and screens, and he's still allowing it to an extent. He doesn't even know how to utilize Waddle. The whole coaching staff needs to be blown up and the front office, but I digress. Tua is not the problem, and instead of us being able to enjoy, because there's always a silver lining with a loss, and the silver lining, as much as some fans don't want to realize, is Tua's performance, even with the two interceptions. The resilience he showed to bounce back from those two interceptions with all this noise, because I don't know if you saw it, Neil, but after that second interception, he looked deflated, and he looked like his confidence was shot when they showed him on the sideline. I was like, oh, this kid ain't coming back. And then he comes back the way he does. The resilience and the killer instinct he's shown in the fourth quarter to come back from either self-conflicted wounds or noise going on off the field, he has the mental capacity, aptitude, and strength to be a, a franchise quarterback. I know that. Now, whether he's going to translate that fully to being consistent on the field with decisions he makes in crunch time with bad picks, he washes that out of this game. The kid's a game changer, bro. Yeah, yeah, a lot of layers. Let me let me kind of pick apart what you said in layers because I think you have a lot of good points. First of all, like the Josh Allen growth thing, right? Yeah. Like Josh Allen's in one of the best coaching situations in the NFL. Same with Lamar Jackson, who showed great progress as a passer. Hey, so let right? me ask you this. Let me ask you this. We just compared their stats, okay? Yep. We over first fourteen games. Josh Allen was in a better situation even back then because it's the same situation he's in now with McDermott and all that under the care of McDermott. That, that's exactly isn't that even isn't that even more exactly impressive that two is doing what yes. he's doing, bro? Yeah, that's exactly my point. Is that you've seen these top quarterbacks like Allen and Lamar flourish, but they're flourishing in great coaching staffs. And I'm not taking away they're two of the top five quarterbacks in football right now, right? Like I'm not taking away anything that they're doing. But good coaching brings the best out in their players. What two is doing is impressive because the, the Dolphins are the worst coached team in the NFL. Like yeah. there's no there's no question about it at anymore. And, and, and there's a commonality between what the problem with the actual personnel and the coaching staff is, and it's lack of experience. They're a young yeah. football team and they're a young coaching staff. There's not a lot of NFL experience. Yeah. So when when the bullets start flying and there's just adjustments that are needed to be made. They're just not good at making them, right? There's like, no one to lean on. There's no one to lean on. And, and you know, in his second year in an organization that's treated him like dirt, the best leader in the in the organization in the building is Tua Tungavaloa. Like that, to me, says a lot about the character of this man. Now, here's why I personally don't want the Deshaun Watson trade to go down. Because I want to see what a pissed-off Tua Tungavaloa can do for the rest of the season. Because I don't care about the offensive line. Tua's made them look better. Yeah, I don't think they're playing better. I think Tua's making them look better. Yep. I don't give a shit anymore that Will Fuller and Devontae Parker are injury-prone, unreliable players. Because Mike, Give me Matt Collins. Yeah. Well, Mike Kosecki and Jalen yep. Waddle are yep. thriving. And Kosecki's thriving, and he's not even playing 70% of the snaps. Waddle's thriving, and he's getting misused. Isn't that further indictment, Neil? Why isn't the snap count going up when he's... When he's playing the way he's playing. Because, man, it's like a kid playing a game and Madden and running six. Just use him as a receiver. Goal. Screw labeling him as a tight end. Use him as a receiver. But, like, that's what I want to see. Because I do. I'm with you, man. And, you know, I think that if the Dolphins had a good coaching staff, a veteran coaching staff, and they've trusted Tua 
we'd see a much better Tua Tungavaloa. Despite that, I still think he's showcasing those things that we got excited about when we drafted. Dude, there was a tank for freaking Tua movement, right? And after 12 starts, people want to give up on him. I'm not on that bus. But here's what I will say about the Deshaun Watson noise, right? I think it's real. I, I think as – I don't think anything's going to happen to the deadline. I think we're not going to hear any news until after this start from Tua. Like, there's smoke there. There's fire. But the the, yeah. the things that I, I'll – Oh, I, I know they want them. I'm not disagreeing with that. Yeah, I think right yeah. now the legalities and not knowing what the league is what's holding this off. But here's the beauty of it all, right? The thing about it, like this week, noise came out that Deshaun Watson was open to playing on the team. I have heard, without question, the only team that Watson has said that he'll play for is the Miami Dolphins. He See, I heard the Panthers ball. back in the summer. See, and I, I and I heard I heard specifically because of the Clemson ties. Yeah, I mean, like, and I think people try to connect the dots. See, I think that Watson wants the big market. He wants to be a superstar, the face of a big franchise. And the Dolphins need it. They're starving for it. Does he? he okay, let me ask you this. Now we're getting into this. Does, and uh, you make a good point, but I got to ask you this because I got to stop you right there. Does, okay, first of all, he can no longer sell us on. He believes this is a team with an upward trajectory and Brian Flores and Chris Greer. I think, and let me pitch to you, is it the lifestyle? I, I mean, I think that matters, right? Um, of course, like Miami's a fun city, right? Like I spent many of – But I, doesn't that worry you? Um, you know, here, here's the thing, like, right? Like, so so we're in a process now where everyone is just, you know, trashing Deshaun Watson. And the allegations are serious. And if they hold any – No, no, no. That would worry me with anyone. Like, I remember when Mar- – was it Marshawn Lynch when he was in Buffalo City, wanted out of Buffalo because there's no nightlife? Yeah, I mean, but – That like, would I, worry me. Like, that would worry me. With it is that, you know, obviously Deshaun Watson's character is kind of the forefront of everything right now because there's serious allegations. There's smoke. There's got to be some kind of fire. Again, we've talked about this many times. We're not lawyers, but the one thing that I will emphasize is, I, I you know, I my my brother lives close to Houston. I, I I know people in the Houston area, and I follow a lot of the writers and stuff in Houston. And one of the things that they have all kind of said that's kind of similar in a story is that the thing that's the most shocking thing about the Deshaun Watson, you know, allegations is that. You would never saw it coming because of how much that guy gave back to the Houston community, how much he did to less privileged families to support them, uh, children without fathers, the Deshaun Watson Foundation. Like people are shocked that this happened. Can I can I say something to this? Because I sure. had a conversation about this earlier. Sure. So back when the Watson rumors were starting, but the allegations hadn't come out yet. Um, you remember that day where Dolphins Twitter really attacked Chris Sims? You remember that day yeah, where it, it, guys, but yeah, but do, you, do you remember it was like back in like February, March? Do you remember that? The sure. day where like I dropped the boys in the hood where I put Chris Sims face on Ricky and I put my face on the guy who rolls on the window and pulls out the shotgun and shoots Ricky because <laughs> I was, I was killing him on Twitter. But um, anyways, I had a conversation with Richmond Webb that day because he hit me up and um he, you know my my co-host for the finish line legendary dolphin player um you know Marino's blindside protector who's a staunch believer in Tua Tagovailoa might I add and this guy played with Marino right um so and privately not just publicly for show um 
so we had this conversation and Watson came up because we just started talking about Watson because I had a viewer who's now flip-flopped and turned into the apparently one of the biggest Watson wanters to Tua to uh, Miami, right? He's become one of those big guys yet when Tua was here and during the draft process, he was on board because it was the cool thing to do, right? Sure. And, um, you know, he was trying to smear Watson and he was saying, you remember that um, – secondary player they had there reed do you remember that guy uh he was in the yeah justin reed you remember that justin reed yeah Yeah, Um, uh, so a girl and one of this girl's friends that this viewer of my show um knew ran into justin reed at the uh at a mall in houston and reed was there with watson now watson was like looking in windows doing whatever and they said oh is that deshaun watson said yeah so he called watson over they wanted a picture with watson watson wanted nothing to do with the picture he wanted nothing to do with you know really even like talking to him and they really tried to paint him as you know an asshole right and me and richmond had a conversation i was telling him that and you know richmond lives in texas so he's not far out from the houston area right and we were talking about his whole reputation. And I remember me and Richmond having this conversation because it's crazy what ended up happening with the allegations. Because we had the conversation, you know, one of the things we're talking about is, you know, people who really, really make a big effort to be a forefront of the community. Sometimes a lot of them have something to hide and it's PR because, you know, like a lot of the people who don't have anything to hide, like Aaron Rodgers, they can just be how they want to be in the media and towards coaches because they have no skeletons in the closet. But a lot of people who are out there trying to get out. Now, some people do it in goodwill, 110%. But it was just crazy how we had that conversation. And then, you know, like a month, month and a half later, those allegations hit. And we were just like, wow, that's kind of crazy. We had the conversation. And, you know, um, because I've heard the same things that he's done great things to the community out there. But yeah, and look, I think a lot of people do charitable work when they're in the spotlight because they think they have to check a box, right? Like, I, I, I don't think that makes it less important, though, right? No, like, but he's like, he's like a really pillar of the community type of charity, charity type of guy, like really in the forefront out there in a lot of causes and the well, foundation and stuff. Well, here's a similar story here in Baltimore. The most charitable Baltimore Raven that I've ever seen is Ray Rice, right? Yeah. And when he you know, the video leaked that he hit his fiance, who is now his wife, you know, that's why people were so shocked was because of his, he never never got a, he never got a second chance. Um, he went away here, right? Like he wasn't on the M and T commercials or anything like that. Everything he done, he did was forgotten. And that like, was brutal though, bro. Like, it was. And look, you know, I like, look, I like again. I, I said this on the. You should I, be taken out in the middle of the street and dealt with. To be honest with you, sure, man. And and I and I always stand for the success of women. You know, my 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 wife is a woman in business, yeah. and you know, I oh, I, buddy, I, yeah, I I got two daughters. It's yeah, I have a, a brand new like that. It's a wrap, brother. Old daughter. So I, I respect women more than anything. And you know, anyone that has any think with it's domestic abuse right or whether it's you know sexual harassment or anything along those lines you know like look i'm not a fighter but like if that if i catch wind of that around me like win or lose like i'll throw some hands right I, I, oh, i'm not afraid to throw down if i have to right like that's the way it is but like, i will say this man we live in a very hypocritical world right because look 
Deshaun Watson, if these things are true, I don't think he should ever play it down in the NFL again. But when the Dolphins traded for Brandon Marshall, right, his jersey sold out on Miami Dolphins Pro Shop, right, because I checked it out. I was wondering. Well, he had he had two domestics at that time, right? So we it, 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 the goalposts move in terms of what our moral Oh, winning will make it go away. Everyone will exactly. love it. And, and that doesn't mean it. Like, I, like I'm at, on, the same, at the same point, I want everyone to understand. He is innocent until proven guilty, just like those women are telling the truth until they're proven to be a liar. You really, it's a weird, it's a weird middle ground, but you have to take the middle ground in that. Like you have to let Absolutely, the legal man. process play out on both sides. Absolutely, man. Four years of college was hard enough for me, man. I didn't want to go any longer and become a lawyer. It wasn't going to happen for me, yeah. right? Yeah. But what I'll say is, there's a lot. This, this trade is so intriguing because it's so complex, right? Right now we have a team, the Miami Dolphins, coming, you know. 12 starts into Tua Tungvaloa's career and has literally handled the situation the worst I've ever seen an NFL team handle a situation. It makes what Arizona did to Josh Rosen look like a walk in the park. Yeah, but here's the thing, Neil. Last year, they tried to kill Omar's credibility. Omar reported... People remember, last October, Omar reported, and I know for a fact he's linked closely to Xavier Howard. He reported that... The Dolphins were listening to offers about Xavier Howard. Joe Shad and Barry Jackson then reported during the offseason that not only were they listening to offers, X gave them the okay to listen to offers and to make a trade. And they put out a statement and they said what Omar wasn't saying wasn't true. And you got that. And then what 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 did what did Flores say again this offseason? Oh, you um, we're not gonna trade X. You can write that down. Yep, Yet I remember. They they refused. To, they refuse, and, and it's just like this is a this is a guy you drafted. X wasn't a guy that Flores drafted. This is a guy you drafted, and even you know you could even put leverage back onto the Houston Texans by saying Tua Tagovailoa is our quarterback. That's who we're rolling with publicly, da 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 da, because that could make the Texans desperate. Because hey. The Texans, like every other team in the league, they got cleaners. Okay. They clean up all the stuff that goes on. Sure. And you know, when Watson said, I want out, the Texans said, okay. And they pulled their cleaners off and all this stuff leaked out. That was not a coincidence. And when all that stuff leaked out, you know how it did. And you know, Stephen Ross, he's looked at these guys around him. He's like, he's looked at how they've used the resources. He's looked like how the lack of development with the resources he's looked at in terms of whiffs on free agents and draft picks. He probably did his own homework. He sent his lawyers in his own private investigators in to find out what they could. He talked to Goodell himself when he's down for the Shula. I think he didn't get the clarity he wanted from what the investigators and his lawyers found out legally and he didn't get the clarity he wanted from the league in terms of what their punishment's going to be because people got to remember they haven't had to put him on the exempt list because he hasn't been activated by Houston right now. So it's this whole touch-feel thing, and I think right now where he stands is Ross doesn't trust them to use the assets, so he's like he's making sure all the T's and I's are dotted legality-wise and with the league-wise if he's going to make the trade, and if not, He's like, well, I'll go into the offseason. I'll get rid of them, and the new guy can have these assets. He wants to know, is there enough where I can use these assets on this one player? Is there enough where I can get around that and circumvent all, all the bad PR and the legal issues in the NFL? Or do I need to just ride this out because that's not going to be doable 
fire these guys, and my draw for a new GM is going to be you got three first-round picks, and if you make the right cuts this year, you got $110 million worth of cap space to work with in free agency. Yeah, well, so yeah, so that's definitely all part of the complexity of this, right? And what makes it even more complex, right, is we're talking about Deshaun Watson, take everything out of it, a top 10 player in the NFL, top five quarterback, top three, depending on how you slice it. You know, those type of players don't get available, right? So, and he wants to be a Miami Dolphin, which is crazy. The thing is, the thing is, you got to think too, right? And I think Ross is smart enough to see this with how we've seen the lack of growth and development. Deshaun Watson is still ha- is still 25, still has a ceiling to reach. He's still young. Do you trust this regime, him to grow and be handled under this regime and be built around by this regime? Yeah, and I you probably you probably only use Greer in this regime to make the trade. So when you bring in a new guy, now your draw is Watson. You know what? I'm going to say something that's crazy. I think Deshaun Watson is going to be regime proof. And I know that he only won four games in Houston. You know, I, I like, you know, we, we all forget that this is a team game. So so I really, truly believe that Stephen Ross probably thinks that Watson's a superstar. He saw probably just like Tua did at Alabama, right? Carried Clemson to the national title. Like they, they like that kind of stuff. But see, how did he become a better passer, Neil? Under Bill O'Brien and the proper coaching around him. He got developed into a he was not the passer he is now at Clemson, dude. Oh, I'm, I'm yet not saying that at all. So you know, imagine if Tua had that is all I'm sitting here saying. That's why, like, hey, even if you, he, he, you know what, people might think I'm crazy. I'm not giving this guy personnel decisions, but, you know, a, a short-term solution for a head coach with Watson as a quarterback might be Bill O'Brien. Sure, but uh, yeah, I'm not going to compare Watson and Tua. At this point, just to be honest, there's no, no compar- I'm just talking about, you like, know? look at what Tua's doing without that growth and development coaching around him. Look at what that growth and development coaching done right did to Watson as a passer alone is what I'm saying. Sure, yeah, no, I, but you know Watson's a 25 year old three time Pro Bowl matters, right? Oh, of course it does. But you know I think that Watson, you know, is obviously a superstar in this league, and Stephen Ross does know that. So you know there's so many layers to what makes this happen and, and doesn't. And, and I don't always think it's a, an exact indictment on Tua, you know. When when a guy who's that good is knocking on your door saying, I want to be with your team, like that, that's rare, man. Like the Dolphins have never had that, right? If we wanted to get Indomitian Sue, we had to give him a blank check and make him the highest defensive play, pay, player ever. And, you know, he came here and, you know, people think he was a bust here. He was awesome here. We just, you know, didn't have good teams at that point. But there's so many layers. And, you know, like the guy but doesn't want to be here because he believes in the organization or because he wants the lifestyle and what comes with this city. You That's know, what I, the I, legitimate I question that. to have. Because you can ask that question with any player that you would ask that. Like, that was one of the questions even people had with Tua, right? Will a young quarterback get distracted out here because of the lifestyle when we were looking at Jordan Love, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Tua? And a lot of people, one of the one of the factors people factored in with Tua was the good Christian kid whose parents are going to move down there with them. He's not going to be allowed to suck into that lifestyle, right? Yeah, well, Los Angeles is nuts, and Justin Herbert's thriving, right? So, like, I, you know, I don't know. Justin what- Herbert is also a recluse. Like, let's be honest, right? Go back to Oregon. He had never been outside. He had never been, you know, outside any crazy. Uh, I mean, that's always a concern, right? That, that Miami could be a t- crazy place, but like at the end of the day, it, it's one of the most interesting situations that have come up in a long time. And there's a lot of smoke. You know, has the parameters of the trade 
you know, been agreed. I think it was John McClain from the Houston Chronicle said it was. I've heard that it wasn't. It hasn't been agreed, and that the the asking price that Houston has is kind of laughable because the Dolphins are the only people at the table. So, yeah. like, that's what I've heard. You know, I look, Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, Jay Glazer. Trust me when I say this, they're well more plugged in than I'll ever be. So, you know, if that's what you where you want to get yeah. your news, please do. I, I share what I know. That's why I've heard that they did that. The Panthers news that's now been rebunked, the intensifying talks last week, I heard it was basically we are well under their asking price and they're trying to ramp us back up to their asking price and make us desperate. Yeah, well, you know, and, and so you, 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 I know you, you're, you're under the thinking that it doesn't get done. I'm actually the opposite. I think it gets done and I think it gets done next Monday. And the reason I think it gets done is because the Dolphins have put themselves in a chance where they almost – have to make this trade because they've probably killed Tua's confidence in the organization. And I know that Tua is as cool as the other side of the pillow to quote the great Stuart Scott, but you, you can't, you can see it on his face in the press conferences today, how disgusted he is with how he's been treated. Think of how his dad and his family are dealing with it. I mean, it, but like, you got to think about, think about this, man. It's like going to that party in high school and that girl that you wanted to take homes there. And like, here comes the dude who looks like Brad Pitt with all the muscles and is like coming up there, hitting on the girl you wanted to go home. You know, it, it's, it's a frustrating, it's a frustrating situation for him. And I'm sure, you know, this is his livelihood. We're just fans. Right. And he's dealing with this. And, that's that's where the Dolphins mishandling us. But like the mishandling of Tua starts way before Deshaun Watson, right? Let's talk about last year, right? When the Dolphins were struggling against Denver and he gets yanked, right? You don't even let him learn from his lumps. In, a, yeah. in the, the, the Raiders game, we won, which was awesome. It was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Fitzpatrick, the Matt Collins, the hook on the ridiculous face. throw, yeah. But the reality is the best thing that would ever happen to the Miami Dolphins is for Tua to either win that game or lose that game. Like that's what a young quarterback has, and to in the end, that loss didn't even matter relative to the well, playoffs. Exactly, and they didn't know that at the time. But like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to let the young guy take his lumps. Like, so they mishandled him this year, all off season, right? They've flirted with Watson, and you and I know this reason, and I don't know if everyone does. They had a trade agreed in principle to get Deshaun Watson before this news linked, right? Yeah. It was done. It was going to happen. So they were done with Tua as their quarterback before this season, practically. So that so he knows this. Like if we know this stuff, Tua knows this stuff, right? His people keep him posted. He's got one of the best agents in the NFL and Lee Steinberg. Like he knows these type of things. So I think they have to make this happen because think of it, they don't happen, right? And then whatever reason, whether it's cleared or not cleared, Watson's not an option. Someone else gets into the picture and offers a better package, or he's guilty. Well, then if Tua's not your guy and you try to get Watson. And you've pissed Tua off, and maybe he goes and leverages his way out. Just like, look, Minka Fitzpatrick did it, right? So, you know, I couldn't say that. Tua the thing is, what you're doing in the long run is you're screwing Tua because this is what you're going to end up happening. This is what will happen. They're going to end up with no Watson. You're going to end up with you're going to have to move off this regime because of multiple reasons, and one of them is included because, I mean, this regime's relationship with your quarterback is going to be irreparable and by the looks of it if you follow the last two games and how he's looked even against i mean let's be honest he looked better against new england than brady did so if you look at his first three games yes he's one and two but he's actually done enough to win those he's actually done enough to go three and oh um but um 
You okay. look at that, and then now where this is going, you're going to have him looking like he's on the upward trajectory while Greer and Flores are falling flat on their face, both with coaching decisions, um, personnel decisions, lack of growth in certain high investments. And now two is going to be potentially dead man walking because a new GM is going to come in. He's going to hire a new head coach. Or if you keep Flores, Flores will be dead man walking too. And then he'll bring in a head new head coach. They're going to want their guy in terms of a quarterback because you're not going to make a mandate to a new GM. Oh, you have to roll with Tua because that, you know, that's not fair to anyone. It never works. You know what I mean? Like, unless you have like a top, five generational guy. But anyways, so, you know, then the, then the coach is going to come in. Now Tua might get an extra year under the new regime because of the current draft class. And, you know, I like guys like Sam Howell. I think Carson Strong's good. I think Matt Corral's good. Um, Malik Willis, I think, needs some refinement. But you um, wouldn't take any of those guys you know over. I mean? But I wouldn't take any of them over Tua, just like I wouldn't have taken anyone in this draft class over Tua. Um, and Trevor Lawrence included based off my like evaluations or whatever. And, um, you know, and now you look at this and you're, you're going to be stuck with, you're going to be stuck with no Deshaun Watson and you're going to create an irreparable situation with Tua Tungvaloa that now you got to trade, you got to get your regime, but the new regime you're going to bring in might make Tua dead man walking anyways. And it's like, Two is basically damned if he does, damned if he doesn't in this situation. And it's all because you've allowed Greer and Flores to handle things behind the scenes like they've done. Like this should have been like when that decision was made to pull back after the allegations hit, that should have been wait till next season, go out publicly, nullify this shit. And it is on them even further because they have not come out and publicly talked about this. They've always been vague, shallow answers, and it's got to the point where I don't even like watching, and sometimes I don't even watch Brian Flores' media availabilities because I don't feel like being lied to a, ha a couple dozen times in under 20 minutes of my life, bro. Uh, I just I can't even listen to this garbage anymore, and... It's always the same shit. And Brian Flores, guess what? You know, there's a bunch of points we can make about how that Jaguars loss was actually on you about you getting outcoached by Urban Meyer in the last four minutes. Um, we don't got to talk over about the bad timeout management. The Hail Mary turned into that play because you call a timeout. You know, um, the bad run call on fourth and one, taking the ball out of two hands. And now this week, Tua dug himself out of the hole as best as he could, put the ball in your, in your defense's hands. You know, here's the thing, and I'm going to ask you this, Neil. Is it really to his fault that the second, you know, we have the second highest paid receiving unit in the NFL, but most of that money is either on, on the IR or inactive, while the highest paid corpse on our, on our team that was there on Sunday was our cornerback room and they let us down. And some of it was coaching. I mean, on third and 10 calling zone and Kyle Pitts having the middle of the field open is absolutely flabbergasted. Um, and then, you know, that perfect throw by Matt Ryan, but they gave up chunk plays. But is it really that crazy to be leaning on your highest paid unit on that team 
to make a stop when you have a one-point lead with a couple minutes left in the game after your rookie quarterback dug himself out of the hole that he made by his rookie boneheaded mistakes earlier. And quite frankly, he's the only quarterback other than the 26 quarterbacks have thrown for 290 plus yards, four touchdowns, and 80% completion percentage or better. Only two have ever lost, Matt Ryan or Tua. And the other guy to have four touchdowns and two interceptions in that category out of the 26 was Dan Marino. Um, you know, you look at this, you know, is it really that out of this world to ask our best unit and our highest paid unit to make a final stop? Well, no, and, and let me answer both your questions. On the receiver front, whose fault is it that, that that unit's not productive? The answer is Chris Greer, right? Like, how much money did the Miami Dolphins pay us, Reason? Zero dollars, right? Mm. If you would have asked me, would Will, Will Fuller play 17 games this year? Well, we would already, we'd already said no because of the suspension. Got him one, right? But yeah. we all knew he'd get hurt at some point. Yeah. Yeah. If you would ask me, Devontae Parker play 17 games. I tell no. you that. If Preston Preston Williams. Williams. No. no. So, like, we are – you know, fans and, and we're passionate and, you know, we like to watch tape and break it down, but we're not getting a paycheck for this, you know? So if Should we be. know that, if we know that, how the hell does Chris Greer not know that? And on the defense, right? Let's talk about the defense. The best third down defense in the NFL last year, right? Or defense this year. Let's go through the starting lineup and talk about improvement or regression, right? So we start with Xavier Howard. Rumor is he's hurt. I, I get it. He's out there trying to earn his contract, but he's not playing as well as he did last year, right? Eric Rowe, complete, complete. He failure. looks like he's hit that age wall. Wow. I mean, he went from being a tight end eliminator to just completely awful this year. And and I like him still because he plays hard. He's he's one of our veterans. You know, I'll put that in quotes. Javon Holland's a rookie. He's going to make mistakes. I'm not judging him. I actually love what I he's see. He's been one of our better defenders. Or, you and know, and Jones is okay. You know, he's pretty good. And 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 I think he, you know, he's a good number two. Coleman so, was good on the uh, boundary when he had to step in. You look at a linebacker court. Landon Roberts. I know he's fun to watch. He's a warrior. He fills holes. He I makes never good. thought he's a backup, bro. Come on, backup. He's horrible in coverage. Teams know that they're attacking it. He hits the wrong gap a lot, and that's why Corderell Patterson's going untouched in the end zone. Jerome Baker got First paid, defender. and he's the worst player on the defense this year. And, Told and, y'all. And that, and that sucks. Emmanuel Ogba is amazing. Um, yeah. I don't know why he doesn't have he's awesome. money in the bank from the Miami Dolphins. They better get that done soon. Um, Christian Wilkins, man, I mean, he's playing at a Pro Bowl level. It is awesome to see. Zach Sealer, great player. Like him. Raekwon Davis, look, he's coming back from an injury. He's getting better. He's not the player he was last season. Andrew I'm, Van Ginkle regression. Appointment on the defense for me is Andrew Van Ginkle. I mean, he 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 played a prominent role as a playmaker last year. I mean, man, he can't tackle. But my big thing was if you looked at his snap count, if you looked at um Van Noy's snap count, he had like over 800 snaps. If you looked at Van Ginkle, it was like 400, 450. Like I asked with a bigger workload, bigger responsibility, was he going to be able to live up to that? And so far he hasn't. Jalen Phillips was good. I think quietly one of our better players on defense has been John Jenkins. Yeah, yeah he has been, man. And, he, and he's been good. But here's a question for you, man. So we pay $36 million this year for two cornerbacks, yet we play zone defense so much. Why? Bro, okay, so this is the – this is someone asked me that actually. Someone actually asked me that directly a couple days ago. And this is the best answer I can come up with. I think it's the injuries because you got Byron and X are both battling groin 
um, Byron's actually been battling an Achilles injury since last year. He was on the range report last year for it. He's on the injury report for it again this year. He's got that in a groin. The groin injuries are why I think, but my thing is, why are you going zone on third and 10? Tough it out for one more down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, like that's the only reason I I, I think um I, I I think they can do that. Um, it doesn't it doesn't that doesn't make sense to me because your defense. Okay, listen, I know Byron played a lot of zone. Um, he was basically predominant. It was like 50-50 zone man in um Dallas, but X is a zone. I'm sorry. Is a is a man guy. Needham's been built, been groomed in a man defense. Eric Rowe in a man defense, right? Like Javon Holland, he can he's he's good in a man defense. Like they just it's it's conflicting with your defensive fundamentals. Like I I said, I said this. Everyone wants to know who's calling plays offensively, right? Well, I want to know who's calling plays defensively, defensively. because if it's right. Boyer, maybe Flores needs to take the reins back. Well, dude, and answer me this, right? We have one of the best young cornerbacks in football, Noah Igbenogany. Why isn't he out there shutting down these people while these guys are? <laughs> I'm kidding, man. In okay, that- so um, we got to get to it because we're we're closing in, man. Um, so Prediction time, Buffalo. So previous- Buffalo. Um, so uh, let's. let's- <laughs> So, I can't say something about the Buffalo game. I can't stand the Buffalo Bills. I know they're a great team. Bro, I, I just want to rifle this off. I just want to rifle this off. Go ahead. Seventh in yards per game. Eighth in passing yards. Seventh in rushing yards. Second in points per game. Second, third down percentage, um, comp- um, conversion percentage as an offense. They average at 419.3 yards per game. 280.8 passing yards. They complete at a 50% on third down on third downs, they average 33.8 points per game. They're rushing for 130.7 yards as a defense though. Number one in yards allowed per game at 282.5 number one in passing yards at 180.5 number six against the run at 89.7 tied for first in points allowed per game at 16.3 fifth in third down percentage allowed at 33.3. Now the dolphins offensively, 28th in yards per game at 32, 325.6. The Dolphins have climbed out of the gutter in passing yards to 227.4 yards, 24th. They're 31st in rushing yards at 80.1. So they went up like they went up almost nine yards after this past week. Um, points per game, they're 29th, 18.1. 14th as an offense on third downs. Tua has really brought them up in fourth and third down percentage because they were in the low 20s when Brissett was there. So defensively, um, Miami's 32nd in yards per game allowed. They allow four, 429.3 yards per game. Remember, as an offense, Buffalo gets 419.3. So there's literally a 10-yard difference. Passing yards, um, Miami's 30th in the NFL. They allowed 297.1 yards per game. They're 19th against the run. They allow 117.7 rushing yards per game. They're 31st in points per game allowed, 29.6. And they're 31st in third down percentage allowed at 51.6% allowed. So who would have thought coming into this game, if I would have told you in the preseason 
that coming into this, first of all, if I would have told you the preseason coming into this, that after 13 starts and he only actually really played in 12 of them, Tua would have 2,649 yards, 18 touchdowns, and nine interceptions as a passer, what would you say? But on top of that, coming into the season, if I said they were number one in a lot of the meaningful defensive categories, the Buffalo Bills, while the Dolphins were 31st, 32nd, and 30th, you would laugh me off of this podcast, bro. And if I told you they were top 10 in all the meaningful offensive categories, you would say it's just the Buffalo Bills and the progression we expected them to take. But defensively, they're better than what we saw last year, no? Yeah, the Bills have a good defense. I mean, look, you know, they 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 drafted a couple guys uh, that we all liked, and there was some, you know, like Gregory Rousseau. I didn't like, I didn't like Gregory Rousseau. See, I, I, I liked him, and I knew that he kind of played out of position. Um, I think he was my ninth overall player. Um, player? Yeah. Ninth overall? Yeah, ninth, draft? Yep, now my ninth overall player. Wow. And, you know, I, I didn't see – I saw position flexibility, but you know you can't just make up. He was 15. my ninth edge player. <laughs> uh, uh, you can't make up fifteen and a half sacks, you know. And, and I saw him as disruptive um, as Chase Young uh, without the athletic profile. So you know it's not surprising me that he's looked really good there. And then Boogie Basham was a steal for them. I and love Boogie. I love. I was really. Honest. I mean, look, look. That's the thing, right? Like, this is a tough matchup for the Dolphins. If they're a well-coached football team, yep. this, is, this is a really tough matchup for the Miami Dolphins. We know that, right? Like, they killed us last year. They 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 beat us, what, 35 to zip this year. Like, Josh Allen can't be stopped by Brian Flores. He hasn't been able to do it. There, That's what scares me. It's, it's a really tough matchup. You know, I want – the one thing I want to see, win or lose, is I love to see Tua have a nice game, man. I really, really would because – this defense is the one that when you – if he has a big game, if they pull an upset here, I'm telling you the first thing that's going to be on the TV on Monday morning is why would the Dolphins trade for Deshaun Watson when Tua went to Buffalo and slayed the Bills? You know, like you yeah. can hear that story. But I, I honestly – the reality is going to hit me here. Um, you know, I, I think the Bills win this game 43-17. to 17. Um I don't think our. I think I think the biggest problem we're going to have is our offensive line can't handle their defensive line, and even if they could, they're going to send pressures like they did last time that confused the hell out of our team. We won't know how to adjust. We don't know how to play call. I mean, I, I like it, it sucks. And look, you know, this isn't just a knock on the Dolphins. I picked the Bills to go and beat the uh, Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. So. Like I think the Bills are one of the best teams in football. It's Halloween; their crowd's going to be jump jumping around, going nuts. Um, you know, it's a home game for them. I, you know, it's a tough one. Yeah. Like, this was a this was a loss for the Dolphins when I thought they were eleven and six. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I know. You, you know what I mean? Like I, I'm yeah. not trying to, I'm not trying to crap on the Dolphins here. Yeah. It's a tough one. Yeah, I just yeah. hope to see this team fight. I hope they yeah. play hard, and I hope Tua has. Tell to the people what is the Dolphins' record on Halloween? Six and zero. Oh. So I think we're going to lose too, but I told Neil, I'll tell all of you, I have this as a trap game for the Bills because you look at their next set of games, it's not very good for the Bills. So they could be looking at us as, ah, we own them in the Flores era, never mind since two has been there. So um, I actually have I have the Bills. Um, I have them 37 to 31. 
Mm. So I have Tua and the offense putting up a fight. Respectable, but I think this is a dangerous game for the Bills. It's not it's you know, I'm up I'm only about an hour and a half away from the stadium. It's not like they're not going to be dealing with overly cold conditions this weekend. So yeah, what I was gonna say, what's the weather gonna be like? Do we know? Like is it is it kind of decent? Oh, um, in Buffalo this weekend? Yeah, I mean, like, is the temperature going to be all right? It's not going to be. Obviously, it's not going to be like six inches of snow. So, so I'm 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 Celsius. You you guys out there are Fahrenheit. You you <laughs> you, you weird American use. Um, so it looks like for the buff in Buffalo on Sunday, there is a chance of sixty percent uh, precipitation and. Um, it's going to be 12 degrees Celsius. So if I convert for you American people, um, 12 degrees Celsius to Fahrenheit is about 53.6 degrees Fahrenheit. All right. So it's, it's not bad. You know, you're not going to be laying out there and getting a suntan on the beach, but it, it's no. not like you need heaters on the sideline. You know, I, I'm but if it's wet, Alan might make mistakes slinging the football. Yeah, I, I'm going to call someone out on the Dolphins and say that this guy needs to bring his lunch pail and go to work this week, and that's Jesse Davis. What you allowed to happen to two of the last time these teams played is unacceptable in a professional sport. I don't care if you get trampled. I don't care if A.J. Epinesa or anybody else on that team puts cleats on your stomach, your chest, and your head to walk over you. But you do not let Tua take hits yeah. Without any freaking fight, have some pride in what you do for a living and give some effort to make sure that that doesn't happen again. I, I, I know I shouldn't have to call out a player. I rewatched that the other day just, just to re get, a, get a grip of what we're going to be looking at. And the effort on that play – the only thing he's still I still doing it though, Neil. Like no, if you I watch the all twenty two, he still does it. I mean, he's the worst right tackle in football, man. I keep saying we have the worst in football. Him and Jackson. Jackson gives up on plays too, and he walks, and then he walks back after the play happens. And I don't know if you saw Jackson up here jaw jacking with players after the play. Like, shut your mouth, dude. Like, hey, wait, and didn't the block field goal come on him too? Yeah, it was on him. It was on us. Yeah, I mean, look, dude. He, I, I, I said this on this show once. We traded the best free safety in football for the worst player in the freaking league. That's the reality right now. But, yeah, we'll see. I mean, look, it's a tough game. The Bills are on the rise. We, we're a team in turmoil. Um, you know, I, I hope, you know, Reason and I are on standby. If we need to have an emergency pod this week, we will. Or we'll do a live session or something if anything does break. But buckle up. It's going to be a crazy week until November 2nd. Um, and, you know, look, you know, I made a prediction, but, hell, let's go, Fins. Like, prove we'll me wrong. I'm wrong more than I'm right, and I hope this is an opportunity where I'm wrong again. Because I would love my Halloween to be get spent with a with a nice bourbon in my hand, walking around trick or treating with my son, wearing my fins gear, talking trash to everyone in the neighborhood. You know. Yeah. All right, brother. <laughs> All um, right. I'll be actually be in Miami. I'll be in uh, Florida next week. So. Oh, nice um, man! Enjoy, enjoy. You deserve it, brother. Um, because uh, 
Yeah, I'll be going down there for the Texans game, ironically enough. So, and it could, and I'll be going down there. I'll be down there November 1st, and the trade deadline is the second, and I'll be going to see them <laughs> against the Texans. So, it could be crazy oh my for God, me. Man. Uh, you, you might have the first Deshaun Jackson, uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, Miami Dolphin jersey live off the. Oh, yeah. There, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, brother. Um, next week, guys, we'll see here back here where we dive back in fin too deep for Neil. I'm Reason. Everyone, stay happy, healthy, safe, and blessed. And as always, fin.